Hey guys, welcome back to the iCast. This is Chris, and I'm with my co-host as always, Ike. Hey guys, thank you for joining us. Welcome back on this wonderful, um, cool Sunday or Saturday. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's been a long two days. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that um, just generally speaking, just trying to get through this week has been interesting enough. And then on top of that, like news has been only getting worse in terms of the global pandemic. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah, Chris. Yeah. So there's a there's insanity going on, right? And um, so there's a couple of things, you know, that um, happened or several things. Um, so the Gates probe that we had discussed last week, um, it's just getting weirder and weirder, right? Um, uh, you know, where it started off as just sex trafficking. Um, and whether, you know, women were paid for sex and if there's underage women and, you know, was there possibly any RICO violations, that kind of stuff. Um, and then it's actually grown into like something larger on public corruption. I mean, so damn, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I mean, the whole, I mean, Matt Geitz already was like a, you know, figure of like just, just controversy and like weirdness. And now... It's only like he really is part of that whole QAnon stick, and now we find out that he's like he's that guy that the QAnon guys were like really wanting to get to. It, it's strange. Yeah, it's really strange the way it's just like continuing to like snowball. Um, and then um, you know, this is gonna be a, almost like a throwaway headline, which is Josh Duger of the Duger you know, huge family fame, uh, you know, ultra right conservatives. He's been charged with receiving and possessing child pornography. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Me think they, uh, protest too much, you know, <laughs> it's a really crazy story. So, you know, I know that I'm, I, I can't even, I don't know if it was, you know, a couple of years ago, several years ago, um, this, had come up again and i think he had taken some um he was supposed to take some client uh, some courses um some classes some counseling that kind of stuff he's supposed to stay away from children right and then this hits but like i said this is one of those like um in passing um things that i wanted to um touch upon mention, touch upon right acknowledge that this is happening um because there's two big things that have happened, right? One was that Biden gave his first presidential address and surprise, surprise, there wasn't anything like crazy, insane, controversial. Uh, there was a great image. Um, it, it was a historical moment because behind the president was the, um, there were two women, the Speaker of the House, Who's woman? Who's a woman? Nancy Pelosi, and then of course, Vice President Kamala Harris. Yeah, I mean, aside from the very, very clear, like, you know, character defects of those two people behind them, um, barring that, you know, this is something that I mean, it's the first time that's happened. So, you know, like we 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 have this this first, you know, uh, taking away and and not really considering any of the 
the, the the criticisms around the people behind him but nevertheless yeah it is it is this it is this new you know wave of firsts that uh, we get to uh, witness yeah I mean um, think of you know what you have to focus on the historical moment um, of this um, this first speech right uh, he is a hundred um, days into the his uh, administration a hundred days have passed I think it passed on um, Friday and then um, and they've been able to roll out 200 vaccinations now here's the thing is that's that's a combination of first and the initial vaccination and then people who have gotten their second shots but 200 vaccination shots have been administered but now we in the u.s have a dilemma which is uh the interest for the vaccine is going down because the anti-vaxxers are like nobody's stepping up you know the anti-vaxxers now are like no we don't want to do this and that's a problem because we haven't achieved herd immunity we haven't achieved at least 75 to 85 percent inoculation yeah that is incredibly problematic and sort of representative of the issue going forward for the biden administration it's not necessarily you know going forward worrying about the the people left it's, it's now the ones who are the vaccine hesitant because you know for the most part like those are the ones who have to 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 get it they still need their first doses and and so there's a duty of care towards those people but they don't necessarily want you know the care right and that brings me to chris a um something that um did you hear about joe rogan and because he's you know he basically came out of I think it was yesterday, the day before, and said, you know, why are you listening to him, a moron? Those are literally his his words. But earlier, I think in the week, he, uh, Joe Rogan, was saying, as had said that, um, you know, if you're young, healthy, you don't need to get the vaccination. And he may be right there, but the vaccination is also not just for yourself, but for your loved ones. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I remember seeing that uh, particularly, and he had a couple of, like, really, like, off-the-cuff stupid ideas. Right. Like, I'm just going to like I, I have watched Joe Rogan and ever since his move to Texas, he's gotten a little bit weirder for some reason. I don't quite understand why, like he's, you know, acting the way that he does. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah, um, Rogan is 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 a controversial figure uh, without a doubt. And that uh, it, that's only, you know, become more and more true with with his statements and his statements, you know, they, they were off the cuff, but they were so completely misinformed and uninformed which you know which led to just so many issues in what he was saying and yeah he he admits he's an idiot don't like take him too seriously but i think he disregards like the reach he has the audience of you know young and i would argue incredibly impressionable young men who 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 listen to him on health advice right like he is he you know he does have that sort of health and wellness sort of uh advice you know podcast that he does and you know he's he's seen He's seen in that, and it, it's problematic. Uh, his 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 anti uh, his anti stance. Yeah, I think that's um, something that uh, you know one forgets is um, the outreach, and um, this is where you know what. Um, even though it's not your intent, right? Uh, but you have to look at you know you have a social responsibility it's not something that you wanted it's not something that uh, you aspired 
towards, but with a large following, you have, I think, some responsibility in terms of uh, looking at your what you're saying and how much of a how much of an impact that has. And uh, Chris, you might disagree with me on this one, uh, which is which is fine. But and that that's this is my opinion <laughs> on the matter. No, I agree with you. With a greater reach comes greater responsibility, and there's a there's a responsibility to temper your words, especially if you're saying something that you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And Joe Rogan is a, clearly that example. I mean, Joe Rogan, <clears throat> this is not the first time he's done something this stupid. Um, you know, talking about the vaccine or otherwise, he you know he made comments, uh, you know, about mask wearing. Um, with uh, Bill Burr and Bill Burr, the comedian, pushed back very, very cleverly saying, let's not start this. You know, it's like, I'm not going to sit here talking to you <laughs> with your zero medical degree, right? Oh, you know, checking on what we think, you know, the, 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 I wouldn't call it the elite, but it's like he said what the CDC says. Like, I'm not going to go second guess the CDC, you know, with, with our combined zero degrees <laughs> in medicine, right? Right, which is the the proper way to to respond to that. So um, that again, um, but you have some news on your side regarding the vaccine, don't you? Um, yeah. So on on our side, uh, the vaccine is expanding uh, a little bit more throughout uh, Canada, and uh, you know the the issue is always eligibility is when you're eligible and who is eligible and when, and uh, yeah, we're in this good position where now. Um, you know, because of how messed it is, I'm technically eligible. So it's time to, you know, do the diligence and, and, and you know, get the, the vaccine for myself. And I, I say this only because I think that people need to realize that it, vaccines are safe, right? They're, they're tested. And if you're worried about long-term outcomes, attributing a long-term outcome to the vaccine, I'd like to see how you do it, right? It's very hard to attribute long-term outcomes to anything that is not you know, environmental inconsistent. If it's one time and you think it's going to activate six years from now, there's no way you'll know. You're just going to be, you know, unless there's very, very, very clear causation evidence where that, you know, you know, the tests show this has happened, not just to a couple of people, but to everybody. So the vaccine hesitancy, I understand. At the same time, you know, we've seen millions upon millions of doses of this thing and we're getting through it. Uh, I believe some of the interesting vaccine news that I've also heard is that of like the millions of doses within the UK, because the UK has tons of studies on this, right? Within the millions of doses of people who've gotten it, right? 6,000 people have developed coronavirus symptoms afterwards, right? The vaccine is doing its job, right? There's always a margin for error, but millions of doses and 6,000, this is what we want. And none of them were serious hospitalization cases. Um, the issue of blood clots that we saw earlier in the year, uh, and even like, um, you know, towards now with things like AstraZeneca and Johnson and Johnson are statistically within the range of people who naturally develop blood clots. So I'll, absolutely, we want more information. We want more tests done. But as of right now, these things are incredibly safe. I'm taking one. My brother, who is immunocompromised, has taken one. Right. He is he's younger than me. Right. He's done nothing wrong, but he, he, he has this condition because of all these things he has you know like we have to be very careful right i'm well aware of being not careful with this type of deadly virus so we're going to i'm going to do my part i'm going to ensure i'm vaccinated not just for myself but for the people around me and i think that's the only way to i would argue very socially responsible way to do it what what, what do you think 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think it is the socially responsible way to do it. Here's the thing is that, um, you know, it's interesting, Chris. Uh, I had a colleague slash client. I'm not sure how to reference them, but I was talking to them um, earlier this week, right? Or maybe it was late last week. Um, And I've, you know, I've been sort of, this has been germinating in my mind, but the we were talking about uh, vaccines and I was like, Hey, are, you know, I, so, because I am now in the process of, you know, going back into the office, doing like a, a study rollout. Like I need to, you know, look at my hiring and stuff like that, onboarding, um, more members to the team. Right. So we're getting the office all fixed up, getting ready, stuff that I'd put on hold. Um, I, I'm taking, I'm, I'm doing that. But uh, so this is, how, you know, why, why this conversation, because I was telling, telling him that, that this is what we're undertaking, that, you know, we've been fully vaccinated now. And um, the 14 days additional that they recommend, you know, that you should be careful because you are, you know, at a higher risk. Um, we did that. We you know, so continue to socially distance and, and stuff like that. Um, but he was like, and, and so I had said, you know, we're fully, how about you? How's your, um, how's your vaccination? Did you vaccinate, vaccinate or are you in the process of vaccinating? Do you intend to, cause I'm trying to get a feeler out there too. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I did, but you know, I don't know if I trust the vaccines and I'm like, Okay, <laughs> like, where is this coming from? He's like, well, you know, it, it takes like five years to do it normally. And they just did it so fast. I'm like, yeah, because everybody in the world was working on it. There was a lot of information that was, you know, shared so that, you know, efforts, clinical trials, results could be shared. I mean, that's the whole purpose, right? What um, they created this and, uh, you know, this is an example of how the world can globally, how countries can work together to address a looming crisis, right? So I understood what he said, but I also took away from that, that, you know what, he, like so many others are not paying attention in terms of what you know may have been undertaken the efforts that were made the global effort not just a national effort uh you know and the the sharing of information and the data i mean i remember um dr burks dr fauci um it was a redfield dr redfield they all were talking about the sharing of information which is helping with the development so and dr fauci you know in March or April of last year had said we would be very lucky if we could get the vaccine. It would be, you know, um, by September. And, and that's because there was, there were already clinical, there were already clinical trials going on before the lockdown happened. I mean, I, I believe Moderna and Pfizer, BioNTech, they were already working on their vaccines, uh, possible vaccines in January and February. So it, they were already trying to get ahead of it. 
Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that very early on was very clear that that this was going to be a serious threat, and we there's stuff that we need to do in order to to combat it, and yeah, I, the world effort on it has been documented. It was very clear of like the efforts that the entire world would take. So it's not surprising to me, but it's I think it's a mixture of just you know in general people have a lack of scientific literacy within the United States, and it's it's you know poor education, and on top of the fact that science is not one of those things that's actively you know. I would say not even just top, but it's one of those things that actively needs to be, you know, um, like governed and, and understood upon because otherwise people have a very limited and lacking understanding of it. Uh, yeah. Right. So that leads me to what we're, what we're dealing with. Uh, so the, the biggest thing experience, over the last weekend, it's getting just worse and worse and worse is India is in its second wave. And every, I mean, it's fucking insane, right? So um, there's today, it's been reported that there's been 1400, uh, not 1400, I'm sorry, 400,000 new infections on one single day. And there, and and here's the thing: is those are the infections that are being reported by the hospitals. The government is not giving the data, but doctors on the ground who've been, you know, um, giving the interviews, they've clearly have said that that um, that number that they're publishing um, multiplied by six or ten. So. Think about 400,000, multiply that by 6 to 10, right? It's 2.4 to 4 million. That's actual, that's the actual number. But they're only looking at hospitals because... I, I, I believe it. I believe it through and through. I believe that, yeah, just in general, um, the numbers that... Because you have to remember, all developing countries have a fundamental issue... Uh, I'm not going to just say with the truth, but like with corruption, right? And India is no different, and it's you know particularly bad there in many places. Um, not to mention it's 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 infrastructure. How do you know, and how can you successfully combat and find cases when, like I'll give you an example, right? How do, how do you determine you know say the homeless and the low income within the United States? You know contact tracing them, whether or not they they got the virus, whether it like, you know, who was, who had it, who didn't, right? It's, it's hard to do that already. And there's maybe a few million uh, homeless population within North America, uh, even higher, right? That being said, the homeless population of North America combined does not equal up to at minimum, at minimum, uh, just India's, you know, uh, poor population that's living out there. So we don't know, you know, how they are doing like what they are going to do um there's there's a lot of work that india has to do and then on top of that they have to they have to be we have to be very very real and honest that the reality is is that in india we're not going to get accurate numbers and on top of that you know the the the, the general state of the country is going to mean mass amounts of cases how we're going to get past this um in the indian context is going to be incredibly important for the future well, Chris, before we even get into that, let's talk about the fucking shit show that's there. 
Okay. So here's the thing is, um, Serum Institute of India, they were the ones who got, they were, they were the ones who were mandated. It's one of the largest Indian biotech and pharmaceutical company. It's also one of the world's or is the world's largest vaccine manufacturer. They got the, they were supposed to do the job of creating the vaccines. Vaccines were created, but the PM, rather than inoculating his own citizenry, went out and started selling it. So that's number one. Two, right? The same guy who's responsible, um, I think his name is Adar Poonawala. Uh, he, he left India. He flew out of India while this is happening, saying his, um, you know, he was in danger. And two, that he's left because he's planning to start COVID vaccine production outside of India. And then he was like, and poor me, everything fell on my shoulder. And, you know, um, he's, you know, I'm under pressure to, um, you know, he, he's under so much vaccine pressure in India. Dude, you were bloody well mandated by the government. And I put this in quotes. You were mandated to produce it. And here's the thing is the, and, you know, this goes back to what you're saying about economics, right? So if the government, you know, he, they were supposed to supply the government the doses that this government was giving. So this is like, you know, how fucking insane India is, right? The federal government says, uh, we're going to give X percentage to the states. States, then, you, you know, we're going to, you're only going to get X percentage of vaccines. You're responsible for purchasing everything else. So it's like what happened to us in the U.S., you know, when it came to the PPE, when all of the states were vying for every PPE that was out there, right? Well, as well as the, the federal supply. Do you remember that? Right. The federal supply, right? So, um, and so, uh, so the states are getting this and then, um, but this particular, you know, this Serum Institute of India, the manufacturer of vaccines, the government okayed them. So they can, they sell to the federal government for 150, right? Or they give to the federal government and the federal government uh, sells it for 150 to the hospitals to inoculate. And that's what they're charging the states. And then, but not all of the production is going to the federal government. States are required. So this company is given authorization. How much do you want to bet? These guys have paid shit ton of money to the coffers of the PM and his cronies, right? But this Absolutely. guy, because, you know, it's there's shit ton of corruption there. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm. It's a reality. I've seen it. Okay. Um, so the Institute was okayed to be able to sell directly to the consumer base. And they're selling it for 350 rupees. Now, 350 rupees is not, you think, okay, Chris, you know, the equivalent of that is, hang on a second, I'm going to tell you what the equivalent of 350 rupees is. So in the US, at the equivalent of 350 rupees is um, $4.72. That doesn't seem like much, right? It's 
five dollars about 350 um, pound uh, for euros almost six dollars you, you six canadian dollars mm -hmm. so you think about it right I'm, I'm saying this to put it in perspective but when the um the the day the 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 day worker that's there when his day rate is you know 500 rupees is he going to put that money towards getting the vaccine or is he going to put that money towards putting a roof over his family's head and on the table uh, food on the table yeah absolutely i agree with you right it's just the, the so it's like are you fucking kidding me take the hit and inoculate your citizenry but you know that's once one side of the story right he um the pm modi he was i think in um in the u.s in february in front of the u.n he said that they 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 were able to overcome they 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 won the covid war and they will teach the the world how it's done my answer to that is no thanks you mofo we're good i think that's, i don't want to do it the way you did it i think that's a, a fair assessment of the of how modi operated in this event and yeah the modi government is incredibly corrupt i mean this was this has always been the case nothing uh about that assessment in my opinion is is wholly untrue um the modi government is filled with corrupt crony capitalism right we see it all the time and it, it it's it's unsurprising i hate to say how unsurprising it is but it is and the only way around this sort of issue is to you know is to call it out um and yeah the people i mean it's it's no different than the brazilian government Yair, you know jair bolsonaro is you know has been doing horribly in brazil um you see this a lot with neoconservative governments during this pandemic they haven't been doing well at all um they've been you know sort of like floundering at this issue the united states under its neoconservative government was there as well it was doing incredibly poorly um uh, but you know we see now 100 days in 100 million vaccines right and so yeah i mean we're close to 200 actually chris oh yeah sorry yeah 200 million but fully vaccines. vaccinated fully vaccinated i think we have hit the 100,000 well, only 100,000 I meant a hundred million. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, no um, I'm still on the you know the uh, the roller. So um, just uh, going into the crisis that's happening in India. So um, I think Chris, you had said it to me earlier this week. We can see the um, we can see uh, images of the funeral pyres from satellites, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Um, it, the crematoriums are run the clock. So just to give it in perspective, on a typical day, a crematorium may have seen maybe 25, right? And that in a city like Delhi, and, and, and that's just one crematorium. And, but now it's, they're running 24 seven and they're seeing, um, they said that, you know, they have anywhere from 100 to 115 that they're doing 
and they've expanded out from their into their parking lots so that they would be able to so the city you know it, city already has like bad air pollution um but now you've got the funeral pyres and all of the ashes that are you know over the city as well um there's the hospitals are don't have oxygen tanks um they don't have beds uh the um Sikh temples and gurdwaras have um have stepped up they're providing oxygen um and you know if you look at the reports they're basically macgyvered the oxygen tanks like they're craning it out of water right um yeah so they're they're they've like macgyvered a system that creates the oxygen and you know what they're helping whoever comes to comes to these um, places of of worship right uh, to help it's the gurdwaras that are doing it um i believe you know um mosques are doing it too i mean they're that they're trying to step in and uh help um and you know what i during a time like this there's no such thing as religion there's only humanity and what's happening with those who can afford to leave they're leaving they're they're you know what they're booking private jets and flying out to dubai the uk wherever they have second homes um there was a it was an interesting um news on um vid news on um youtube uh, where they were talking to these charter companies it might have been a cnn report i'm not sure sorry i've seen like so many of these chris but interesting so the one of the one of the charter companies said that they've seen a huge uptick um you know and those who can afford to are leaving and they're paying up to he said he quoted like 70 lakhs um and uh, just to, you know, what is 70 lakhs for us in the U.S.? It's about 94,000. And um, in Canada, it would be like 118,000. And I think in the U.K., it's like 68,000. And that's to fly. And he, and he said, he goes, that includes a return flight. So it's not just a one-way flight. It's, it, it does include the return flight. So I'm like, oh, okay, my bad. So, um 94,000 split two ways. Yeah, that, you know, I, yeah, I can see, you know, 47,000, no problem. Now, now the flights, um, depending on it's, uh, you know, of course the the amount changes. If it's a six-seater, a I think they have a 10-seater and they have a 15-seater. So you do have families that may be combining their resources um, to get onto the charter flights, but those who are able are leaving and flying out. So it's almost like a, gosh, it's like a, a World War Z type of scenario, right? Yeah, it's very much like an exodus <laughs> it's like, of, you know, rich people. You know, just, I don't know what to really say about it other than when you really push it down you know the and it's it's been across all of asia when the going gets tough the affluent get out um and it's going to be a reality here it's going to be a reality anywhere the people with power are going to try to leave and get to places that are generally more safer i mean the in the that vaccine guy in india is a perfect example of that 
people chartering flights for for their families to get out all of it is just gross examples of how you know just not really getting around you know the rules but more just trying to they're in it for themselves and and, and it's very it's it's very clear yeah it's i right it, it is very clear and you know um countries um globally are starting to uh, they're putting a travel ban from anybody coming from india australia i think told its citizens they have till may 4th to come back um and their resident you know their permanent residents to come back and if they try to come back after may 4th they will be arrested that was australia yeah i mean these places aren't taking australia and new zealand i don't know how new zealand is doing but they were doing great initially um and hopefully they're still doing great now but these places have always had strong border controls very very strong you know sort of bio biological border controls you know their their ecosystems and their climates are protected to a level uh to the umpteenth degree to you know prevent issues with uh you know like contamination from other sources right and invasive species so um all things considered when you really see it um you know yeah th these guys have done uh, in my opinion a great job in in handling this but they take it seriously and it's one of those things it's, it's an aspect of um i would call it like you know commonwealth nations you know where where personal liberty is generally you know uh, an important factor, but it, it, it always takes a back burner to public good. Um, I mean, some people would say that, you know, that's very totalitarian. I would say that, you know, like, you know, everyone talks about, yeah, land of the free, but it's like, you know, it's who's going to say Canada's not free. Who's going to say England's not free. Australia's not free. New Zealand's not free. You know, any of the, the Nordic sources countries as, as not free, right. They're well aware of the, of the risks to everything but you know it's it's all about citizenry participating and being well well informed and then dealing with the reality in front of them um i think that americans would also be in this case but they were whipped up into a furor by by someone like trump and trump could have easily used the you know coronavirus to maintain you know like his power right you know like he could have done all of that but the reality is, is that he, he didn't, he, he abdicated entirely. And, uh, and I think he suffered for it in the election to the point where, you know, um, like, like, as we see the United States now, they, they've turned a corner while the rest of the world has it. Um, despite like how bad other places in the world are doing with the vaccine rollout and otherwise, um, according to, you know, like some, some stats that I've seen, um, like of the g7 countries right it's like the us uk and then canada right who are top in vaccine and i, and I think that the us is doing crap sorry sorry i think the canada is doing crap and the fact that we're third among the g7 is it just shows you that in general that like right now the demand is high the us has so many doses that people aren't taking the rest of the world needs it India, which had a ton of doses, sold it to everybody. Now they're suffering the whirlwind of, of their, you know, just, I would call it straight corruption. Just all things, when you really consider it, there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. And then on top of that, you know, the, the general control of the vaccine, you know, and, and the intellectual property and that debate that's going on, 
you know, uh, among there. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot going on and a lot to do before we're out. But this, I think, we're in a very promising position forward, right? People are get the vaccines are coming out. People are they're getting to the you know to the people who need them, and you know the focus on hot spots versus low spots. It's it. I think it, it's the best way to do it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, that is um, the best way to do it. And um, just circling back to the travel bans, um, the U.S. is also implementing a travel ban for anybody coming out of um, India. Uh, do keep in mind the travel ban does not apply to U.S. citizens, permanent residents, or and their spouses. Okay. And there might be some uh, exemptions for humanitarian workers, uh, journalists, academics, um, students who are commencing studies in the fall, you know, but it's all going to be term terminated by the um, State Department. And I know because I've had to do the research, um, the consulates in India are not open for business, right? So, uh, and I think, you know what, you're going to see more and more countries. I, I think, you know what, May 4th was a, because if you think about it, Australia has done it, right? They've said May 4th, US has said May 4th. I don't know if Canada's already done it or not, but I think the UK is also implementing a May 4th travel ban. I mean, there's a, okay, we're going to do a hard shutdown for this period of time. And I think anybody coming in will get that that quick test. So here's the thing is uh, you can't trust the test coming out of India because, um, Chris, was it you? I, I It might have been your mom I was talking to. But uh, where there were, you know, as people were getting on their flights, they were being given a negative test at the counter, even though they hadn't gotten the test. Yeah. So because they were coming and they were, okay, you were the one who told me, and then they were arriving with them being positive. Yeah. Specifically a flight from uh, Mumbai to, or Delhi to, um, uh, to Hong Kong. Uh, yeah. On the, uh, at the beginning of the flight, no issues like however long that flight takes to get to Hong Kong there was 52 infected so yeah uh, and the anecdotal stuff that I've been hearing um, from people who've you know had to get people out of the country expatriated to other places yeah you can get positive uh, sorry negative tests uh, you know like at the ticketing counter right like you can purchase it right there and then and then on top of it um, we're seeing um, and there's no real ver verification of these tests Right. It's just, all right, there it is. And th there you go. Right. You can like not only are these things like infinitely forgeable, but there's no verification to determine if, you know, if it was forged or not. So it's that sort of issues, those foundational corrupt issues uh, coming from a place like India and I bet many other places, which leads to the, the need for, you know, travel bans for the sake of, you know, reducing the spread of infection. And, um, yeah, what can I say? Places like we see where, you know, the variants came out of, right? UK variant, South African variant, Brazil variant, Indian variant. These all fundamentally come out of, you know, neoconservative governments that took a general, like, screw it approach, right? England, despite doing very well inside of its vaccine rollout, did horrible inside of its normal COVID, uh, you know, pandemic, uh, you know, protection system. They, it all fell apart. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all things considered, uh, I think that, you know, very much so the Indian example will be the showcase for a lot to go forward. 
and what not to do not only what not to do but the the how valid and how powerful a travel ban will be for curbing this nevertheless um you know i've been in the lockdown for a month and cases have not gone down and um with that in mind i think it's very very clear that there is a general distaste for these lockdowns and people are you know just flouting them and people are being fucking idiots is what they're being uh no disagreement for me all right and on that note we're gonna leave the war room and we're gonna go to our happy place right chris yeah time to get out of this place let's, let's, let's <laughs> okay. get a little happiness in us let's just take it straight to the vein all right um before we do i just do want to say that um our hearts do go out to um the suffering that's happening in india very much so i mean i, I don't know if we've ever mentioned it but uh you know it's it's just generally speaking that we we just hope that this thing ends so that the world not only can go back to normalcy but that the suffering can end for a lot of these people who don't have access to you know top top line first world health care and you know i also say that with people in the united states who don't have access to top the line first world health care right right no i i hear you I hear you. And, um, you know, um, interestingly enough, um, there was five states in India that were going through elections. Um, and the, you know, the there was huge political party uh, rallies. There was a huge, like, you know, 2.4 million person religious festival that happened close proximity. And... Um, all of this is part of this surge. Um, social distancing does matter. On that note, uh, we are going to leave our war room and enter the happy place. All right, let's let's do the happy place. I mean, uh, this week in general, it's been a lot of catching up. Like nothing really new, but catching up on stuff that's sort of ending and going around. Um, I know there was a specific show that I had to watch for you guys, and I was only able to watch the first episode. Um, that being said, the first episode, I did not like up until the ending. And after that, I was like, okay, you got it. But I'm a little worried, not necessarily about the content of this show, which uh, I'm just going to stop being around the bush. Uh, Invincible. Well, damn, Chris, we were supposed to talk about it. I, I watched it and I was so ready for it. Like yeah. what the hell? It's it's time, man. It's there's not a lot of it, but um. So I'm gonna yeah, I get that. Here. I've read the Invincible comic book by Robert Kirkman. All right, so I have a basic understanding of sort of like Omni Man and like you know the Empire that he's part of and and like so like that twist at the ending of it uh, of the first episode. You know, it's like okay, I knew about it because it's sort of the end of the first arc, not really the first issue. Um, so I have, a, I, have a, I, have a, I have a good understanding of, of, of the thing around it, but uh, nevertheless, I do need to watch uh, all of it. I think the only thing that's stopping me is that, you know, I'm kind of tired of like the, you know, the, the, the take on the DC superheroes that, you know, like the, the dark take on the DC superheroes. Um, like I'm, I'm kind of ty- uh, tired of it because I felt that, you know, like, like I got it in the boys. I got it inside of, you know, DC Comics itself. It's um, um, this, this take is more on the teen side, and it's it's not really. I'm I'm not really into it just yet. But who knows? I think as we continue on with the show, I might enjoy it more. Okay, well, so I'm going to tell you um, to, you know, move past it um, because the uh, the next episodes are really good. It's um, it's of course layered storytelling. 
So, uh, but here's the thing. I finished it. I can't talk about it because of you. Thank you. But um, because well, of this. At least about the first episode. <laughs> Do you know how long ago I saw the first episode that you're asking me to go now talk about the first episode? Jeez. Okay. I mean, <laughs> like, then, I'll talk about the first episode very, very Please, and I'll give you my comments. Uh, most of the first episode I really didn't enjoy. Uh, I just thought it was like meandering around on the whole superhero thing. And, you know, you got the basic Superman trope and Justice League trope and all that. It's the ending of the first episode that freaking got to me. That I was like, okay, I, this is new. This is different. Right, and the ending of the first episode, which is similar to what happens in the comic, except it's at the end of the first run instead of the first issue. Um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers for the very first episode. Um, the end of the first episode, uh, yeah, Omni Man, uh, just like is he Omni Man? Yeah, it's Omni Man. He just wrecks shop and kills like everyone in the league, and then you know, that's it. Uh, actually, do you want, I realized I saw episode two as well. <laughs> My bad. Because I remember the aftermath and him going like, ah, I don't remember anything. <laughs> but he does, right? Yeah, of course. No, well, So I don't want to spoil the comic book too much, right? But it's it's a very it's a Brightburn situation. You okay. remember that movie Brightburn? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it, it's do. very much a Brightburn situation. Okay. So, um... It was recommended to me by a friend, uh, and I have to thank my friend for recommending it. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, again, because of this, you know what I did, Chris? I went back and started watching Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, the animation, because I'm watching it out of sequence, but I had enjoyed it so much. It was like, oh, I want to see, you know, when Superman allegedly had died, but he got transported to the future. I want to see the episode with Murdered and, you know, where Wonder Woman, Batman, and um, Superman and Green Lantern become kids. So, I mean, there's certain episodes that I really enjoy. And so um, I was, <laughs> this, this made me realize, hey, I haven't seen that in a while. So I went back and watched it. Um, I don't know if you watched um, any of the animation for Justice League. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, when I was a kid, um, did you just say when you were a kid yeah so i'm saying when i was a kid it's not like it's like i haven't seen it in the last five years um yeah no it's just uh, i mean i, I just the unlimited shame and, chris shame yeah, exactly um yeah just league in general i mean i can count i can sort of pick like my favorite episode of all the just league stuff which was uh um um shit. it's one where like sort of superman is trapped by mongol mongol right um and the side of like a, a dream version of krypton it's, it's based on the comic book um for the man who has everything where it's like they're trying to i think it's like superman's birthday and they're trying to figure out what to give him right uh and batman and water woman show up at his place that was a really good one right and it's 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 his life in krypton and having to give it up but it's like for the man who has everything what do you give him and all he really wanted was a was a home right a place that he could feel like is truly his because you know he is an alien he doesn't feel like that this place belongs to him or that he belongs to this place so yeah no i, I really like i really like that one and yeah just league has all those sort of things invincible it, it it hits some of that justice league sort of like mark you know it gets a lot of the stuff right um i want to see where it goes but um generally speaking like i didn't like the invincible comic 
um, because I don't like Robert Kirkman. I don't really like his um, his style. Like I'm not a fan of the Walking Dead comic. I'm not a really fan of the Invisible comic. Um, what can I say? I'm, I'm a big of the comics. I'm a bigger fan of the Boys, which is like Invincible, but you know, more adult. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, so Chris, I'm, what I'm going to say is it gets better and better and better. And I now can't wait for season two because it ended in a way that I had no idea. Like, I had no clue. I, like, I, I, there's there's other explanations I needed, but um, that I need, I still have questions about. But I'm like, I have, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? I'm thinking he's a bad guy, but then is he one, is he a flawed hero or is he not a flawed hero? Like, no, I have no about, idea. I'll tell you the answer. It's, 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 it's very clear. He's, he's a bad guy. Well, heck. No, there's no, there's no flawed hero. There's no nothing. It's very clear from the beginning what he did and everything that he did. It's, it's very clear. Yeah, but why did he do it? And that's the question for season two. Do not answer that. Okay. Because you read it, and I do not want to know. I want yeah, to see yeah. it. So I have a general, I like, yeah. So I have a general understanding of these sort of things. So, but nevertheless, um, yeah. I mean, Invincible is a show to watch, and I'm I'm going to try to get to the rest of it so we can finish it off like next week. Um, sort of the thing that I'm on right now, and I know that you haven't watched, so I'm not going to really. I'm I'm just going to put it out there. Is I'm on uh, um, the Apple Plus show for all mankind um it's sort of like i i do i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything about it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna explain it because i think that that in and of itself it's great uh the the big thing that i have to say is that uh, a longtime fan favorite of ours uh sorry uh sorry actor favorite as we're fans of him is joel kinnaman joel kinnaman is in the show and unlike most things that joel kinnaman does he's sticking with this show which is like oh thank christ right uh like you know i don't want him to randomly die or switch characters because you know, as much as I like Anthony Mackie, Altered Carbon Season 2 was garbage. Uh, it just really didn't capture any of the um, any of the aspects of the first one. And I think it's a mixture of of not really Anthony Mackie, just like an issue with the, the writing of the show. And I believe like Altered Carbon is like canceled now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I agree with you. I don't think it, had any, it wasn't uh, because of Mackie. It was more of I didn't I like you did not like the storyline of the second. So but, you know, this isn't the first time, though. Kinnaman had did for the killing um, was there for the full range. And if you guys have not seen that series, check it out. You need to watch it because that was so well done. Um, and I think Netflix had picked it up. Was it Netflix or was it Amazon that picked it up it and Netflix. finished? It was Netflix, right? That picked it up um, because I think it was a TNT show. Uh, the Killing is about um, two uh, cops who are investigating the the murder of a teen. And as the story unravels, you you know there's um, there's prostitution escort service there's you know political corruption all of that under the you know over the and under that are the layers of the um of the relationships that are getting developed with all of the the parties and uh, all of the characters and of course it goes from season one to was it season four or five i think it was season four but tnt stopped it and then netflix picked it up so um netflix continued it and ended the whole um the the whole arc 
of that storyline. And he was in it for all of them. So it's not like Joe Kinnaman doesn't do it. But the, I mean, I think the killing put him on the map too. That was one of his most high profile Yeah, it was um, the thing that shows, uh, I right? first saw him in, right? It was one of the first things that I saw him in. I think even that you saw him in. And after that, sort of like he, he, you know, he went on to other things. Like um, I saw him in a lot of, um, because I, I watched foreign film. I used to watch foreign films all the time. I sort of lost my connection to all those things. But I saw him in a lot of Swedish films, you know, Easy Money 1, 2, and 3. Um, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And uh, I really enjoyed him uh, in that. And then, of course, the big thing for us, I think it's, you know, when he showed up in Suicide Squad and Altered Carbon, um, uh, House of Cards, um, you know, one of the seasons he showed up in that. And then disappeared because, uh, like, he, he showed up in so many things, he just stopped, you know, doing them. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of it. Uh, I mean, I've read the script for the Suicide Squad movie that's coming out. And, uh, you know, like, it's like, okay, now I, you know, I'm not going to say anymore. The point being is Joel Kimmon doesn't like sticking around for projects. Yeah, well, I think, you know what, he's probably one of those guys that um, enjoys, doesn't want to get stuck in a trope, right? Um, he's multifaceted that way, and that makes him a really good um, actor, um, you know, enjoyable to watch. And I, I just want to correct myself, it was not TNT, it was AMC that had originally... Um, where it had originally premiered. So I just want to fix that um, statement that I made. I don't want anybody telling me that I didn't get it right. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that was a really good show. Um, and it was definitely character-driven. And you know what, Chris, I realize I like shows that are character-driven. The other one um, I know that we're watching is the new um, Chris Maloney um Law and Order. Law and Order, yeah. Just, I'm going to be sounding a little, like, flabbergasted. And it's mainly because, like, Law and Order is one of those things that's, like, one of those, it's one of those things that was, like, a staple in my household. Nice, easy to understand, easy to remember. Um, you know, simple storylines that, that everyone sort of understood and everyone sort of got. And it, it was really a, a fun it's one of those interesting things and law and order is mostly done. like i watched all of the law and orders i watched criminal intent regular law and orders you know special victims unit i didn't really see any of those like spinoffs that lasted like a day um but like i was watching them all and then you know svu was sort of like all of them came up on amazon again i was like oh crap now we're going back into this um and stabler the character you know played by chris maloney he he left sort of unceremoniously and so when i found out that holy crap he's coming back and you know it started april um yeah like the organized crime law and order organized crime i really enjoy it it's one of my favorite new additions uh chris maloney you know chris maloney's detective stabler has always been one of those great characters and he has to you have to apply him now into this you know post george floyd world um, you know, uh, the reality is, is that Chris Stabler, like his character was that TV cop who took it over the edge. Um, that can't fly anymore. And, uh, the, how they deal with that, how they, you know, push that across, um, is really interesting. Not to mention the, the new aspect of, you know, them taking on organized crime directly. And then more importantly, the show, uh, long organized crime is long form. It's like 13 episodes, one case. 
right? Uh, it's like, holy crap, you don't see that in Law & Order. I'm all about that. I'm all about shows taking new and interesting t- uh, risks, uh, changing their formulas, you know. What can I say? Organized crime and SVU's on, and I don't care about SVU, right, unless it's a, a, a crossover with organized crime because I feel like the story in organized crime is just you're allowing it to last better and longer, and, and, and it's working. Um, nevertheless, you know, Olivia Benson, played by Mariska Hargitay, is, is still a great character, and she's shown up in, like, every episode of Organized Crime so far, <laughs> right? So she's, like, on two shows right now. Um, uh, how many episodes have you seen? So I think I've seen um, three. Okay, yeah, so I think there's only four right now. Yeah, so I've seen three. Um, the one that I it stopped is where there was an intervention. Was that four? Maybe that was yeah, four. Yeah, that was four. Yeah. Okay, so then I saw four. Um, so, yeah, so I, I've seen four. And, yeah, it's – I agree with you. I like it when they push and go out of the, you know, the original framework, right, which is what they're doing. And I like them developing it and building episode upon episode. Mind you, I prefer having my episodes done all at once. Um, but – I recognize this is regular TV and it's not a streaming, um, but I, I'm enjoying how they're building it up because you know what, it, it sh- it's showing that, you know what, um, the, the investigations are not overnight investigations, right? They do take time to That's do. For, yeah. Especially for organized crime, right? This is long form investigation, which requires in my opinion, long form storytelling. So all things considered, um, I'm incredibly happy with the way the show is going. Um, Law and Order is, is one of those big ones um, uh, that, you know, in my opinion, has gotten stale as time has went on. And they've sort of had to deal with, you know, the changing opinions towards, uh, you know, police officers. Um, right. And and how because, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we watch these detectives. Right. But we have to also take, you know in consideration the real world and yeah we know they're the good guys but you know as time has gone on it's it's less and less true you know um you know the line between good and bad when it comes to law enforcement is entirely subjective right and entirely based on what color your skin is and how the interaction goes it's one of those things that we've come to to realize and um i like the fact that they're trying to deal with it in meaningful ways where stabler can't be like that brash cop that sort of like dirty cop with the heart of gold that we like um yeah that 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 doesn't really fly in terms of the storytelling anymore it, it can go for for one-off things but not when these characters are supposed to be as iconic as they are and it's law and order not you know law and disorder right right i agree yeah i'm just trying to think is there any other show okay so i have watched started watching shadow and bones i don't know if you're going to i think you should um it's um and if you guys you know are you guys who are tuning in to us watch it it's a netflix show i'm not sure um it should be available you know in all the countries you know that are able to okay, stream so netflix I have seen this show mainly because my you know like when i'm trying to watch something you know it's, it's on you know uh you know other people in my household watch it watched it uh yeah okay <laughs> like um there's yeah i agree it's i mean okay <laughs> okay i i have there's not one that's completely like you know 
like slam, it's a slam dunk, you know, hits it out of the ballpark. Um, you know, the, there's only one show that from the very first opening sequence got you, right? But then they crapped us, uh, crapped on us fans with the last <laughs> season. <laughs> and where I'm talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I don't have that necessarily that same expectation. I think this is one of those shows that you had to go through the first episode to, you know, for it to build up. But uh, again, you know what? Um, the main character, really, really dumb. He makes really, really stupid choices and decisions. And, you know, Bones was asking me about it, and it was like, yeah, well, if they don't make stupid choices and decisions, then we wouldn't have a story now, would we? <laughs> That's yeah, how I... I like competent characters who, you know, who they make good choices, but the reality is is that as good choices, the, the, even the people who make the best choices will not be able to, you know, fall against circumstance or chance. Yeah, I've seen the show. Generally speaking, you're right. The main character is a moron. Um, the characters around the main characters are more on. The world's kind of interesting, you know? Yeah, the it. world is interesting. I think it's an interesting world that's being developed, but yeah, the choices and decisions, the characters, they're, they're idiotic and stupid. I mean, <laughs> just like, really? Like, there's a reason. Um, but uh, I, again, um, I mean, I, so did you see all of it? Yes, I've seen all of them. Oh, okay. So we could talk about it. No, 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 no. Because my my review or thing was like, eh, it was on. If it wasn't on, I don't think anything would have changed in my life. <laughs> right. Well, I'm not. Uh, for that matter, did Game of Thrones change your life? Yeah, for a long time it did. Up until then, it destroyed it. Right. Well, I think it did it to a lot of us. You weren't alone in that. Listen, I'm I'm a I'm a guy who talks about Game of Thrones finale, and I say it's okay, right? I didn't I, like. I still don't think it was bad. I just, you know like I go like with the way the characters are and the way things were around. That's the only ending that we were ever going to get. You think the books are going to be any better, right? You think that like there's no way in to make Daenerys go evil make sense, right? Uh, it was never a thing that I like. I've always been saying Daenerys was a poor leader since the start because all she knew how to do was you know solve an issue with a dragon. But like I'm gonna that all be yeah. But I always thought she was batshit crazy for doing that. Exactly. No, but there's the thing. We were uh, so her turning evil was not a surprise to me. I was like I've been calling. Yeah, me too. I agree. I, I it wasn't right. a surprise for me either. I don't think it was like she flipped a switch or, you know, she saw how well Jon Snow was being received and was like flipped a switch. Oh my God, he's going to like overtake me or 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 something like that, right? Um, Jon Snow as a character. Had really disappointed me. I was like really upset. Disappointing me. Yeah, I'm with you. I was like really, really upset. So, you know what? Because um, they made us, you know, vest so much in it. Um, and that's why it was like so upsetting. Like, I to this day cannot watch Game of Thrones. HBO Max was promoting it, you know, 10 year anniversary. And I was like, no, man, I can't do it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't. Shit is, 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 the, is the feeling about Game of Thrones. And I'm, I'm a guy who goes like, yeah, that's the best ending that we could have gotten. And the ending is garbage, right? There's no way to make sense of Bran the Broken. There's no made, way to make sense of any of the decisions Jon Snow makes. Uh, why the dragon... Dude, I mean, what's his name? Um, fuck. 
No, because there's 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 aspects of the storyline that are gone. Like, so the Dorn storyline amounted to nothing, right? Fucking right, but it, it was supposed Sparrow. to. I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know why they they brought it in because he was not supposed to. He was not supposed. I, I mean, I think in the books there it was supposed to be a much richer, um, you know, part of the storytelling. But yeah, you're right. Like what they did to it was like garbage. I agree with you, right? Um, uh, Jamie, that's it. Jamie, like Jamie had a really good character arc, character development, and then they just like you know tossed it. Yeah, no, none of it makes any fucking sense. Um, you know, like, Jamie goes, like, I didn't really care much for the people. You killed your king for them, you moron. Okay. Um, like, there's a lot of it just fell apart at the ending. But I think it's a representative of of definitely where the books are going. And if the books don't end, you know, in a similar enough way, I'm going to say it right now. George R. R. Martin, you're a fucking coward. You saw how, how badly the fucking, you know, ending was received. And you made changes. Right, because if Bran the Broken doesn't show up on that freaking throne, right, I'm gonna say it right now, you, you're you're fixing the ending because you you know you didn't like you know realize it. That being said, I don't think the book's ever gonna come out, so it's a moot point. New Game of Thrones come out, watch. No one's gonna like. I'm not gonna watch it on day one. I'm not gonna do any of that noise. Uh, you know, like I don't care about the, you know the blonde hair wig budget and for a prequel series about Targaryens when I know that their line is killed off entirely, right. Prequel series. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not really vested in it. But we've digressed because we're talking about um, the uh, Shadow and Bone, right? So yeah, yeah. going back to Shadow and Bone, I mean, I think it's a an interesting um, world building that's going on. I, I'm i interested to see how, uh, what happens in... Um, in the second um in the second season it was pg it was not like game of thrones crazy like right so um yeah i i was okay with it. i i enjoyed it actually it oh, was so you, you know what it? yeah i did okay yeah then then let me just say it very very quickly i it's like it's it's super dumb the main character is an idiot i don't like i don't like fucking love trying wow don't hold back now chris yeah you know like that the dark guy or whatever you know played by freaking prince caspian you know like is you know it's like just nonsensical at times it's like couldn't you see any of this shit coming uh i liked the sort weird russian cossack style style that was going on right i like the weird war stuff going on in between people you know um that being said it's 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 one of those things that i go like it's 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 a ya it's it's a ya novel fantasy novel that's been you know turned into you know turned into thing right like uh you know what you're getting into and for me it's it's not really the, the thing that i'm into it was on in the background i sort of went through it while i was like you know, like just sitting, you know, waiting for my stuff to watch, right? And sort of got through it all. Um, the ending was sort of like, okay, so what did it matter? And he can control dark things. Spoilers. Okay. All right, I guess. Uh, all right, we're going to come back to the thing eventually and, 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 and sort of end it. But it won't matter because he's alive and out of it. And he's got an army of the darkness or whatever. It's one of those things that I'm just like, okay, guys, like, you're, you're you know, Fantasy Trove 101, you guys do it. It looks good. I mean, the the budget on it's amazing. Like they, they, you know, they definitely put some time and effort into it. But it's one of those things that it's like, okay, uh, it's over. Cool. This is not The Witcher. You know. Like, oh no, absolutely not. Like I, 
<laughs> I can't wait for them to like release that. No, it's not The Witcher. The Witcher was great. Exactly. Um, but it's it's a good one too. You know what? While it's a good placeholder uh, for it. Hey, did you know that? Um, I, I know I'm sort of like jumping from one to another. But uh, Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale, I think, came out this weekend too. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Three episodes came out on Hulu. Um, I haven't gotten to them yet. But Handmaid's Tale is one of those things that I think about watching and then I feel that horrible trepidation in my fucking stomach, right? Like just that sinking feeling. And I'm like, no, let's let's hold off. I don't Even talking about it right now, I feel disgusted and uncomfortable. And it's not like things are only going to get better. On top of that, like, I don't like the actress Elizabeth Moss, even though she does so good in the show, right? It's just a personal thing. You know, like, well, I like her, um, I, but I agree with you. But for me, I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale. I, I mean, I can't watch it and, you know, I can't like binge watch it. Like I have to take it in small doses because it's like the subject matter is so upsetting. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you entirely. The subject matter is incredibly upsetting. It. um it, it feels all too real, but in a post-Trump world, as I call it, right? Um, you know, Mike Pence uh, and, and all that, it's it's like, how are they going to go forward, right? Um, not to mention, you know, like there's a sequel book that came out that's supposed to apply into this. There's also like, you know, um, Elizabeth Moss was signed on for six seasons, which was unheard of in, in a starting go. Um, and she's got... There's like, you know, I think two more seasons left that are before a contract changes and they go on to say doing a sequel series, you know, the Testaments. I, I, I mean, the show is great. I love it. It's just so hard to watch. And, you know, it's one of those things I've, I've tried to recommend it to others and they just can't get through it. it. To me, Handmaid's Tale is like Oz in that, you know, these are shows that are fictional, but feel so real in their depiction of, of the, the world around them that it's hard to watch right and it's violent it's brutal it's you know it, it hurts you to see the depravity of it all and that's what makes it interesting and great but yeah uh, i mean i want to watch it but i don't want to do a piece i don't want to i'd rather wait till it's all done because i have to if i have to watch it piecemeal that's like me you know giving myself death by a thousand cuts you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> i i do know what you mean i i agree i mean it, it is one of those that just has like a huge um yeah it, it impacts you so um it's it's a small doses thing did you did we ever talk about bridgerton i'm not sure if we did yeah i didn't yeah, watch bridgerton it's not my show. <laughs> okay all right well you know what bridgerton's a not a bad show if you guys want like you know fluff <laughs> yeah. for me the issue with bridgerton was that um i'm listen i'm cool if it's like a fake world right but i'm not into switching the you know like race of characters for the sake of it right i think it needs to be a story purpose right it needs to represent oh, something in the story. right so i think i get what you mean because you know it's set in victorian era but that's not you know that's not um you know that's not uh and, and in the victorian era this wasn't there. There was colonialism. It doesn't appear that colonialism exists in this world. Uh, even the original books that it was based off of um, did not did not do that. But I'm okay with it. I mean, why not? Why 
why you know what if Shakespeare can be repurposed into um, you know modern day allegories why can't we have Bridget and do the same thing why can't we have it um, so uh, it's it's enjoyable but I get why you don't like to watch it no um, you got if you haven't seen it please see it not you Chris because I know you already said forget it um, but <laughs> it's a fun one it's 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 fluff right like there's there's no um, yeah, it just, it's a good way to just pass, um, you know, it be, have something enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm with it's, you there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think on that note, because I know we started off with one thing and we've probably talked about three, four different things. Um, I definitely am, you know, comfortable in saying that I'm happy we were in our happy place. Yeah, uh, I think we're generally good. Um, let's try to get uh, for myself uh, Invincible done for next week. Please. Um, <laughs> Please. For you, at least. Because I do have questions and I do want to um, discuss them. Uh, I Yeah, but if you ask me a question, I'll tell you like something that's going to happen like six, seven arcs down the line. Well, don't do that. So keep it contained. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but all things, all things in considered, just... Uh, let's watch uh, Invincible, and then for you, my assignment would be uh, you gotta watch um, what was it? Uh, for all mankind. Okay, so here's the thing with that. Um, Bowen said that um, you know I'm on the hunt for a new TV, right? So uh, I'm not allowed to watch it until I get that new TV. How, what does that make sense? Any sense? I didn't say that it made sense. I'm just telling you there is a problem. All right, so we're going to get you a TV tomorrow. I get it. Let's do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we'll get a TV tomorrow. I don't know why. But I have to get... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but the other thing is, um, if I get the TV, then I also have to get the credenza that or, you know, the the TV, like Stan, Stan Credenza that I want to get. And I, I want to get, so, excuse me, I want to get like um, 60 or 70, the size of the TV. And the problem I'm coming across, Chris, is that the TV stands are good for only a 60. Oh. I can't find one that'll be large enough for seventy. Yeah, that's that, that's a lot of work. I mean, I have a sixty-five myself, and so yeah. Or sixty-five, a, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So getting a sixty-five inch TV on a on a thing. In the end, I had to end up using like a like an IKEA piece. Well, I, here's the thing: I've been looking at IKEA too, and you know what? They don't have. Um, the largest they go is, I think, 60 or 62. So one thing that you're going to have to do is really don't buy something that's called a TV stand. Well, listen, dude, I've been, uh, I'm not, I'm not even looking at TV stands. I'm also looking at, you know, I'm typing in credenzas, um, size. I'm trying to, but here, I, I'm also very particular. There's a certain style that I want to, I'm looking for, right? I want it to be either white or if it's going to be dark, it's got to be that, um, that espresso, um, dark brown. And I want it to be modern. I don't like, I don't necessarily like the, um, you know, the ornate stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm very particular. So I can't, 
I can't find what I'm looking for. Yeah, that, it's going to be very hard, but uh, nevertheless, I agree with you. Just uh, yeah, just look as best as you can. Um, Calax. Sorry, guys. So, <laughs> I realized yeah, oh we just God, I, I just realized. Yeah, we just transitioned to another conversation. All right, we did. Let me, let, let me do the close. All right. Thank you guys. All right. For, uh, We're. I'm gonna. I'm on the hunt for TV. Um, if anybody's got any comments uh, about or suggestions for stands, feel free. Please send us some comments. Um, I think you can do that, right? Yeah, you can. Um, and. Um, yeah uh thank you for joining us this saturday um what can't we do chris you can't stop the signal guys see you guys. yeah see ya thank you bye, -bye.